Another Way to Play, episode 52. This is Jesse Beyer, speaker, author, and mental health advocate. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my friend, Hans Drazinia. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the 9-to-5 rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is Jessie Beyer. Uh, She's a speaker, mental health advocate, and author of How to Heal, a practical guide to nine natural therapies you can use to release trauma. She is on a mission to help millennial women feel valid, heard, and appreciated in their mental health struggles and design a life they love waking up to. Uh, Jesse has been featured in dozens of media outlets, including uh, Best Company, Thrive Global, and Elite Daily, and has spoken on thousands of people across the country. She is certainly not the typical guest we bring on, but her message is incredibly important. And from the moment we connected, I knew I wanted to bring her on to talk about uh, mental health in our modern society. So in this one, uh, we get into a couple of different conversations. Um, She gets a little vulnerable in the beginning and and shares when she realized she had a struggle with mental health um, and kind of how she recognized that and then some of the steps she took to get out of it. Um, And then she also talks about how to sort of start that conversation around mental health with yourself. She gives the the concept of acting like a five-year-old, continuing to ask why until you peel back a couple of layers and get to the root cause of something. Um, Aside from asking why, she says to write it down, use a journal, um, get it into the physical world via pen and paper because it really starts to change your relationship with it, helps you stop, slow down with it and think through it, um, as well as just you know, gets it out of your head, uh, which I thought was incredibly powerful because I say the same thing around goal setting. And we also talk about failure. Uh, As many of the guests on this show talk about, she sees failure um, as an opportunity to learn. Now, of course, she's not naive to the fact that, you know, something didn't go right, but she's always looking for an opportunity or something she can do to learn. And she gives a couple of uh, very practical and great examples from her own life. So listen up for those. Uh, If you get value out of this show, guys, I'd really appreciate it if you head over to iTunes, leave me a rating and review because it really helps me grow. Um, helps me get some better feedback with the show. And of course, if uh, you're getting value and you want to connect personally, go down to the show notes, uh, find my Calendly link, schedule a call with me. I'd love just to learn who you are, uh, what you're liking on the show, how I can make it better, um, and just get to know you a little bit better, frankly, because that's what this whole thing is all about. Uh, so without any further ado, we're going to bring in Jesse Beyer. Jesse, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really excited to have you on and, and talk about what you have going on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Excellent. Well, uh, we've gotten in a little bit to your background. And before we get to where you're at today, let's mm-hmm. back it up and let's build a little bit of context for the audience and, and talk about where you came from and, and where your journey started. 
Yeah. So my journey has a lot of different paths kind of weaving together that I'm sure we'll get into more here, but I'd say it starts when I was 14. I was a freshman in high school and I was coordinating a series of run walk fundraisers for a family of mine who or a family friend of mine who lost their nine month old son to ovarian immune disease. Now this went on for three years and it was amazing. I got to meet so many people and more importantly, and how this ties into my story is it kind of dipped my toe into entrepreneurship. So I was in charge of the whole event. I was, you know, doing the fundraising and the vendors and the legal permits and the budgeting and website design and kind of the whole shebang there. So I really got a nice overview of different areas of entrepreneurship that I would use about four or five years later in my life. Mm -hmm. Now, I guess the next piece of my story is my mental health journey, which started when I was a sophomore in high school and was really linked to this codependent relationship that I had with a friend of mine. Now he was severely struggling with his mental health. I was struggling with my mental health. And unfortunately that relationship ended with his suicide attempt and my attempt to prevent it. Now that translated into a passion for mental health because I had been there and I saw how many people were struggling with it. I saw what I had done to get out of those struggles and what hadn't worked at all. So I took those two paths and kind of merged them together to get the entrepreneurship piece, but also the passion for mental health and personal development and helping people very simply. And that's pretty much where I am today. Wow. That's, I mean, just right off the bat, pretty powerful story and clearly a formative experience you had. Can you take us in and you don't need to go into all the details if you don't want to, but um, take us into that moment when you had at least the wherewithal to kind of pull out of it and say, this is a problem. I see a lot of my friends or peers are struggling with this and I can, I can do something about it. Yeah. So I'd say the moment that really defined it for me and, and really showed me how powerful my self, well, like I was, you know, my body was, as I was sitting in my car in my high school parking lot, I can still tell you the exact parking mm -hmm. spot that I was in. But I was in a moment of self-harm and my arm was shaking and literally through the tool that I was using across this moment where I have to stop or I'm going to die. Like I need to get out of this. And from there, it was definitely a roller coaster, but it was a moving upwards roller coaster of, you know, getting better and finding good relationships and finding support systems and being happy and then kind of falling back down, but then getting back up. And it took me probably three years, two years, three years from that mm -hmm. moment to say that like, yes, I'm good. But throughout those two to three years, I saw my friends were struggling. I saw other people struggling. So it was kind of a, a process of healing and learning at the same time. Wow. So you, really you were in a moment of like serious decision-making, whether you, whether, you know, which way you wanted to go. And, yeah. you know, most of the guests here, we talk about, you know, businesses or being fed up with uh, a workplace that you're in or, or a job path that you're on. And, and you're talking about something even more basic and, and certainly with higher stakes on it, which is, you know, your self-harm and your personal well-being and obviously then the way you feel about yourself. And I think, mm -hmm. um, as we talked about in our pre-chat, a lot of folks kind of not distance themselves from that conversation, but, but shy away from it. Certainly as to like, Oh, I'm good. Like you put on a face and you, you go out and you face the world and put a happy smile on Instagram and you're good. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, at what point do you take sort of that raw and, and emotionally challenging experience of what you just described the last couple of minutes and then turn that into not only a business, but, but a mission to go help other people with it. 
Yeah. For, for other people that are struggling and then I'll talk about myself, but for other people, the moment is whenever you want to, and you feel comfortable to, there's no like, okay, three years and seven days from the last moment you did this is when you can start talking about it. It is whenever you feel comfortable about it. But for me, it was really, as I saw how many people were struggling, I would have little conversations with them, just one-on-one private, not coaching or anything like that, but just talking to them. And I share my story and they'd be like, Jessica, I didn't even know and would have this discussion and they'd be like, wow, knowing that I'm not alone and knowing that someone else was there is so powerful for me. And I had enough of those conversations that I was like, huh, I might be onto something here. Mm-hmm. And I knew also in the more logical professional part of my mind, like I did not want to do a nine to five. That was not for me. I wanted something else. I wanted something that was under my control. So I knew that entrepreneurship and something in that field was a good fit for me. And so again, as I started kind of piecing together, like, wow, people are struggling and wow, people are resonating with my story and what I have to say and what I've been through and how I've been through it. And then that entrepreneurship piece came in. I was like, I'm going to give this a shot (laughs) and started speaking and and doing things like that surrounding it. That's really very cool. Can you talk to us about mental health a little bit more? Because I, this is sort of an entrepreneurially geared show, but it's Mm -hmm. that topic is something that I think all of us struggle with to some degree. I, I, I was at a conference a couple of months ago and one of the speakers said, uh, on average, in a given room of entrepreneurs out of 100, 73 of them are going to raise their hand and, and admit to having some kind of a self-diagnosed mental health issue, whether it's loneliness or inadequacy or something more serious than that even. Um, can you mm-hmm. talk about your, your work in that space? What, like some of the stats that you've uncovered and, and some of the ways that people are experiencing this so that if the audience is feeling weird about it, they can kind of maybe identify that with, for themselves? Yeah, definitely. Well, I totally believe that stat, you know, entrepreneurship has higher rates of loneliness and depression and things like that, simply because most of us work from an office alone. We don't have people, we don't walk to work and get that exercise and outdoor time and things like that. So I definitely believe that. But a few other stats I find interesting are that um, about 70% of Americans will experience a trauma in their lifetime and that Mm -hmm. women are more likely to experience a trauma and suffer from PTSD and suffer from depression than men are. And some of these statistics, you know, there's, there's varying numbers. So 50 to 70% of Americans will experience a trauma, but a large part of people are going to struggle with their mental health. And when you think about that and you think about, okay, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I have my business on my shoulders. I have maybe my family's livelihood on my shoulders. I have all these goals. Maybe I have employees' salaries on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. That combined with a weak internal structure and not weak in the sense that you are weak, but weak in the sense that, you know, your mental health isn't stable. You don't have that foundation built that can be kind of a recipe for disaster. So the biggest thing that I would say for entrepreneurs who are maybe struggling with their mental health, but they don't really want to talk about it and they're not sure is to have just an open discussion with yourself and say, what am I feeling? And just honestly acknowledge what you're feeling. And when you're okay with that, then you're able to go out and get the help that you need. But if you're not even willing to acknowledge what's going on within you and in your own personal life, it's really difficult to take steps forward to where your whole and you're able to run your business and your family life and your passions to the best of your abilities. Absolutely. Can you, so, so digging down a little bit more granularly here, mm-hmm. um, I, I completely agree with your, your comment about having an open discussion with yourself. But if for any of us who have ever tried that, especially the first couple of times, it's <laughs> like you, that's the hardest conversation to have 
I think, because it, it requires you to face some stuff that you've been really good at hiding or, or pushing away or something. Um, practically, how does someone go about having that conversation, conversation, especially if they've never done it before? Yeah. So there's two parts that I still do to this day, and I have pretty much daily conversations with myself. But the first thing I do is I pretend that I am the really annoying five-year-old that cannot stop asking why. So I start with a very surface level belief, like I'm tired or I'm overwhelmed or something that's relatively easy to acknowledge, but still has to do with our mental health and personal well-being. And then I just keep going down. Okay, why? Well, I'm tired because I'm not getting enough sleep. Why? Oh, because I have nightmares. Okay, why? What are those nightmares about? Where are they coming from? And just start trying to break through some of those layers that we've put up to protect ourselves. You know, all of these shields and things of like, I don't want to think about this. It's too scary. That comes from a place of protection. And you have to honor that about yourself. But slowly and stepwise breaking down through these whys is really helpful in, in getting to more of the root of the problem. Now, the other thing I do is that I write all of this down as I'm thinking it. So I don't just do it in my head. There's twofold reasons for this. The first is that then I can go back once I've had this kind of emotional dump and look at what I've written and be able to piece it together in a more logical way. But also, and I'm pretty sure at least some of the people listening can relate to me in this, when my brain starts going, it runs like a roller coaster and I cannot capture everything that's happening. So being able to write it down, forcing myself to take the time to spell every single word out helps me slow down and actually get more out of this exercise than just like letting it all run out. That's really fantastic advice. I, I talk about writing stuff down in the context of goals and goal setting. I, I believe that it's not a goal unless it's written down and it's mm -hmm. physically out somewhere where you see it, you touch it, you can taste it if you want to, <laughs> not that you would, but you know, it's, it's engaging your five senses in it. And a lot of the reason that I also journal is a similar way. So, so taking that exercise of continuing to ask why dig in several layers or many layers deep, um, to get to the root emotional cause of what's going on and then bringing that into the real world via pen and paper is a, mm -hmm. something that I think is a great practical piece of advice and something that I, uh, I do, but just not in this particular way, but I might start trying it. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing I will say about this though, is that don't like take a sledgehammer to yourself as you're asking why, but peel back a layer like you're peeling a banana. This shouldn't be mm -hmm. something that is terrifying. And if you have a bad trauma history, it can cause you to dissociate or to completely turn you off from this exercise. Something like that should be done in the help of a, you know, a licensed professional. But if you're just doing this on your own, it's like peeling a banana, not taking a sledgehammer to the wall. I just wanted to clarify that point. Fantastic. I love that. Um, when you're talking to people about their mental health, what is one of the biggest myths that you find in that, in that space? You know, I kind of touched on this earlier very briefly, but the myth is that weak people have mental health illnesses and strong people can just push through it. And I think that's kind of a generational myth as well. And then we're getting to the point where we acknowledge that it's not a weakness. It's not a failure. It's just something that happens, but that's been ingrained in us for so many generations that if you struggle with your mental health, you're weak, you can't keep your ish together, your emotions are out of control, you're being dramatic, you know, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And that really contributes to the stigma and prevents people from getting help. So if anyone is feeling that way, let me just tell you from me to you that you are not weak and there, there is no correlation between mental health and strength. Those are completely different things. And how, how then do you work with, you know, people who you speak to or that you work with on a one-on-one -on -one basis? How do you, how do you work to disassociate that relative to the, the generations of that stigma? And, 
um, how it is that, that people perceive, you know, if you have a mental health issue or you're, you're feeling a certain way, that doesn't mean you're really, like, how do you actually go through disassociating that with somebody? Yeah. The first thing that I do is really just be open about my story. Like I'm being with friends. nothing is awesome. I'm happy. And what that does is it shows that this isn't something that needs to be hidden. And I think people make that correlation of like, okay, I'm struggling. I'm weak. I need to hide this. I can't talk about it. And so I'm like, Hey, I'm up here on a stage that's terrifying for a lot of people, but I'm going to talk about this thing that's really vulnerable and really personal in hopes that you understand it's not something to be ashamed of. And within that, I also talk about my story in a way that shows that I was strong. Like I lived through a lot. I've been through a lot and I'm coming out on the other side strong and standing up and surviving. And for people just to see that, I've had people come up to me after speeches or message me on Instagram and say, hey, your story really touched me. Here, here's my story. Here's where I am. And you gave me faith that I can get to the next place, that I can get to where you are. And that, that just warms my heart. And I'm getting off on a little tangent here, but that's really what I do is just be vulnerable and share and say, hey, I've been through a lot. I'm stronger because of it. And it's not something that you have to hide. Just leading by example, I guess. That's, I mean, sometimes that's, that's as much as it takes just having a, a common connection or just having someone who's willing to stand up or raise their hand and, and, and go first. I think mm-hmm. we've all been in rooms, whether they're classes or, you know, conferences or just even awkward social gatherings where somebody <laughs> that gets the first person to break the ice, all of a sudden everyone else starts talking or the first person to go out and dance or whatever it is. And so it's that, that sounds like what you're saying. It applies very much in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I do this exercise at the beginning of most speeches where I'm talking about mental health and I say, okay, stand up. If you or someone, you know, has struggled with mental illness and a few people here and there stand up and I say, okay, stand up. If you feel knowledgeable about mental illness, okay. A couple more people stand up. And the last one I always ask is stand up. If you think it's important to talk about mental health and literally without fail, every single person in the room stands up. And it's just so cool to see these people look around the room. They're scared at first, then they're a little more comfortable. And then they look around and everyone around them is agreeing with them that mental health is important. And I could honestly just stop my speech after that exercise and I think I would have achieved my goal. But that's just a really great way to get people recognizing that it's not just them. You know, it's not just them who thinks it's important. It's not just them who's struggling. It's everyone around us. We're all in this together. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And that, that exercise, all, I, we've all been in some of those and sometimes they're a little cheesy, but I, I, the power of that, like standing up and looking around at uh, other people, especially when it's a taboo topic like this, I think that may, uh, makes a ton of sense. Cause I think we would all agree with that if we, if we took our masks off for a second and really <laughs> uh, uh, gave it some, uh, some thought. Coming back to um, sort of your entrepreneurial journey around the mental health space, um, mm-hmm. what, like, how did you realize that, um, this was really the space that you wanted to get into? And then what have you done sort of from a business perspective to make it sustainable and something that you can actually do and, and have an impact? Yeah. So going back to my definition of fulfillment, even when I was a little girl, like six years old, I wanted to save lives. I wanted to give people back time that they could have in their lives. And so I went through various iterations of this. I was in vet school for a little while and I had my EMT certification. I'm a search and rescue handler. So I'm doing that in a very literal capacity, but with the pain and the heartache and the devastation that I went through, through that relationship and through my mental health struggles, I realized that helping people move through that and feel supported in that was just as fulfilling and just as much about giving them their time back than, you know, things like 
being a doctor, things that literally save people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so I already felt aligned in that because I'd been there. I knew how painful it was. And I knew that it was my definition of fulfillment. And so I started, you know, little by little. And as far as making it sustainable, I do a couple literal things and then a couple kind of mindset things. But as far as the literal things, like I'm always asking for referrals. I get on a, a media appearance, I'm like, hey, can you refer me on to this person? I do a speaking gig. Hey, can you refer me to this person? Because mm-hmm. the more people that hear my message, the more people that are going to be impacted and that are able to make a difference. And I also am very active on social media. I'm very vulnerable with my story, as I said, and I like to just share little tidbits here and there to get people engaged and get people thinking. So from a literal perspective, that's how I'm able to share my message. And like I said, I have people all the time messaging me or emailing me or coming up to me after speeches and saying, wow, this impacted me, this helped me. And so I know I'm being successful in that way. But from a more, I guess, abstract perspective, I feel like I have already changed the world. And that's my definition of success. Like, am I able to change the world? And I say yes, because of those people that have come up and talked to me. I had a woman message me today and say, Jesse, I am so excited to read your book. I feel like it's really going to help me. And again, okay, check that box. I changed the world today. And everyone has the capacity to do this. I'm not saying you have to be in a life-saving career field, but I know every person that reads my social media posts, every person that sits in the audience of a speech I'm giving, everyone who reads my book, they're being impacted. And maybe a, you know, I'm, I'm poking the button way, or maybe it's something that's really beneficial for them, but everyone is getting their mindset changed a little bit. And for me, that's what makes this sustainable and successful. Just the way that you are framing all of that and the way that you're choosing to, to look at that, you know, the, Gosh, there's so many ways to interpret almost anything, but I love I love the context which you just gave there. Um, something that I talk about with a lot of people um, on this show relative to their businesses are uh, questions around um, how authenticity and vulnerability have played into their journey, as well as the the whole "follow your passion, the money will come" conversation. And mm-hmm. I'm I imagine like both of those pretty much fall in line with with your um, your journey, but I'm curious, like how has that authenticity piece and that passion piece played a role for you? Oh, it's changed everything. Absolutely. It's changed everything because I spent for the first, very first part of my business, I was actually in network marketing and it was not a good fit for a variety of reasons. But when I was there, I was fighting this other piece of myself. I was trying to hide my mental health struggles. I was trying to shove all that aside and be like, shush, no, you stay over here, but I'm going to go be front and center over here. And it was literally like living two different lives. It was not good for my business. It was not good for me. And when I was able to accept that part of my past and that part of myself, not only was I better and I felt more whole, but people were connecting with me on a different level. So that piece is huge. The one thing I will say though, that I see some people doing on social media, if you want to share your vulnerabilities, please do, but it shouldn't be like a complaining session. It shouldn't be, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, my life is horrible. I don't know what to do. It should be, my life was horrible and here's how I got out of it. That's how you're going to mm-hmm. keep that expert you know, stance and expert opinion, but also have that vulnerability, authenticity, connection piece. So there's a distinct, but maybe slight difference in there. But yeah, being open and vulnerable and, and sharing my story and sharing how I felt and how I got out of it has been completely revolutionary for both myself and my business. Looking back, because you you've clearly had a lot of up up and downs and you know turmoil and and gone through some things personally and seen people go through some things like if you could go back to your younger self at 14 or 16 and and hand yourself a sticky note with something written on it what what would be on that sticky note you're going to make it that's what i tell myself is that you're going to make it 
I wouldn't change anything despite how painful everything I went through was because it has brought me to the place where I am today where I can help people because of what I've been through. But I would just give myself that sticky note to stick in my jeans pocket and pull, could pull it out when I was doubting that and, and just remind myself that you're going to make it. Yeah, absolutely. Relative to you're going to make it because a lot of times it's in those moments when you're feeling like a massive failure or a huge disappointment. Like, can you talk about um, a failure that you've gone through and then what you were able to pull out of it and that helped you continue to make it? Yeah. Um, every single failure. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay. So failures for me, I've really changed my perspective around them to find some lesson in everything. So I, I don't really like the phrase that everything happens for a reason. That seems kind of like slapping a bandaid on a gaping wound, but I do like the concept of looking back, you can find a reason for everything. Now there have been times in relationships that I've failed. There's been times in school that I failed. I thought that leaving vet school was a giant failure for me. I thought I was a quitter. There was a lot of mindset work around that, but in every one of those failures or in everything that's gone wrong in my life, especially once I got out of that mental health struggle and I was able to kind of pick my head up and see what was going on with life. Once I got out of that, I was able to see, okay, I am going to make this count. This failure is going to count. I'm going to learn something. I'm going to get something, some opportunity out of this. Now, the example that's sticking in my mind right now, just to illustrate this is my parents were recently divorced and my dad has a new girlfriend. And that was really difficult for me, to be honest. You know, if there's any divorce, divorcee families listening, I'm sure you can understand, but I was really struggling with that, but turns out that this woman was a crisis counselor and that was something that I was interested in as a potential career field. And so it was like, Hey, Hey, this situation might not be the best, but I have this opportunity to network and make this connection and learn about this career field from it. So I'm going to decide, and that's the key point. I'm going to decide that this situation is worth it. And it's not something that I should just like try to forget about and be ashamed of for the rest of my life. That's a really fantastic example. I, I appreciate you sharing that with us relative to the next 10 years uh, or even the next couple of years, forget 10, cause that's a long time. Like, where <laughs> do you see yourself going and, and what, what do you see is on the horizon for you relative to your, I know you have a book coming out, but like, what, what do you have going on and what are you really excited about that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. So my book, obviously I'm very excited about, I'm super stoked for that to get out. It's all about trauma and trauma healing and natural therapies and things like that. So that's going to be really exciting at the very least for me. But mm -hmm. as far as moving forward from that, I kind of just want to take everything to a bigger and grander scale. You know, I want to speak on larger stages. I want to reach more people with my book. My book, actually 50% of the profits are donated to the Pararescue Foundation, which is a military charity. And I would love to, and this is probably more a 10 year goal, but I would love to donate a million dollars to that charity. That would be so amazing for me. So just, you know, scaling and getting bigger and reaching more and more people. I feel like I have the good building blocks in place. You know, I have the course out, the book out, almost out and the speak, the speaking gigs under my belt. So I just want to take that, you know, bigger and bigger and reach more and more people. That's fantastic. So we're getting towards the end here and I do want to respect the rest of your day. Um, but I do have one question relative to the future. Um, mm -hmm. I've asked this to a couple of people and I, and I'm curious, given your, your past and the experience you just told us about, would you rather uh, have the last 10 years back to do over again while still knowing everything that you know now, or live the next 10 years uh, without actually aging? Oh, live the next 10 years without aging for sure. Like I said, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last 10 years may not have been like the highlight reel, but they have shaped and laid the foundation for everything for me. I am so much stronger, so much more compassionate. 
so much more self-aware and aware of others because of what I went through. And I wouldn't want to redo that, honestly. So yeah, I will take the next 10 years without aging for sure. That's a great answer. And that was kind of what I was hoping you would say, but thank you for articulating (laughs) that. Well, Jesse, you've been a great guest. We're definitely going to help you promote the book when it comes out. Um, So I'm really excited to hear that. But I want to transition us here to the uh, last five questions called the Focus Five, which is the same questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. So technically your book hasn't come out yet. So this, so that's not the answer to this one, but what have (laughs) book have you gifted most often? Have I gifted most often? Yes. That's a good question. I think the book I've recommended most often and like placed in people's hands the most often is actually called You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. I worked a lot on money mindset recently and that book has been awesome for that. Fantastic. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? I would want to sit down with Jane Goodall because I think she is incredible, but I think she also has a perspective on humanity and a perspective on how we relate to the rest of the world that is so revolutionary and so needed right now. So I would love to chat with her about that and how she managed to keep up compassion in such a difficult time. Fantastic. What is one thing that you believe most people would probably disagree with you with? That talk therapy is not good for trauma healing. And I know we just talked about my book, so that's probably why it's at the front of my mind. But talk therapy is fantastic and it's very well supported by research. But if you are too uncomfortable to go to talk therapy and you don't go at all, then it's completely useless. So some natural and integrative therapies are often better because they have a somatic approach to them. So it works with the mind and the body, but they're also much more welcoming than sitting in a therapist chair. So that is my controversial opinion of the day. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, How do you start your day? Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Yes. So the very first thing I do is snuggle my dog because she sleeps under the covers with me and I wouldn't change that for anything. But after that, I do a quick journaling exercise. I write down three affirmations and then set an intention for the day. So today I intend to whatever. And it could be something like have fun, or it could be a a task, like finish my book or something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's my morning routine. Fantastic. Super easy. Uh, What is the best place that we can connect with you online? Yes. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Jesse Byer International. That's Jesse with an I and Byer with a B-E. And then you can actually, as a little sneak peek, go download the first three chapters of my book at jessebyerinternational.com forward slash chapters forward slash chapters. I will drop all of that in the show notes. Jesse, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Um, definitely excited for your book to come out. So by the, the uh, it probably won't be launched right around the time this comes out, but it'll be really darn close. So um, everyone go check out the first three chapters and then uh, pay attention for the book launch. And if you want to connect with Jesse down in the show notes is the place to do that. Thanks again for coming on the show. Really looking forward to watching your success and watching what you do with your book in in the next couple of years. And that wraps it up for today's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation with Jesse. I know I sure did. If you want to get the first three chapters of her book, uh, it's down at her website, jessiebyerinternational.com slash chapter. Uh, That's down in the show notes as well as all of her social links. So you can get onto Facebook and Instagram and follow her as well. 
well. And uh, if you're down in the show notes connecting with Jesse, I'd love to connect with you as well. So you got my Calendly link down there. You can schedule a quick chat with me just to get to know each other a little better, connect and just have a one-on-one conversation because I'd love to learn who you are and how I can keep making this podcast even better. Speaking of which, if if you are liking the podcast and you are getting value out of it uh, and you wouldn't mind going over and leaving me a rating and review, hit and subscribe because that makes sure you won't miss any episodes as well as uh, gives me some great feedback over in the review section and really helps the show grow. So I'd appreciate that. And uh, without any further ado, we're going to sign off. So this is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play. Thank you.